Hello friends, Uncle Marv here and welcome back to Uncle Marv's Reunion Podcast where I have reached back into the depths of time and pulled out yet another blast from the past. Tonight we have Miss Veronica Rudan. Veronica, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I am good. So uh, I see that you overdressed for the affair. No, I just thought that red would look good on the camera. <laughs> so I wouldn't look washed out. And <laughs> no, uh, we live here in the great white north. We're not as tan as in down south Florida. Listen, I had what? to work for this. <laughs> well, I know, but like, you know, our summer hasn't started. <laughs> that's a shame. Are you still getting snow up there? No. Well, that's I, good. I, you know, that, that, that is such a... a Such a Southern question. Yes. Like we don't all say a, a, and, uh, we don't say all about, you know, but uh, no, it's springtime right now. So the tulips are out in my garden. Ah, yes. So for those that do not know, Miss Rudan is living up in Canada. Um, I was going to say near Ontario, but Niagara Falls on the Canadian border side. And let's first start with how long have you been there? I have been in Niagara Falls, Ontario for 26 years. Wow. I know time flies. I can't even believe it. And uh, I moved back in Canada uh, in 1996. Okay. When you say back, were you there before you were in Satellite Beach? Uh, I was, I was, I lived in, in Niagara Falls until I was nine. Oh, okay. And then my family moved to Miami beach, North Miami beach, uh, in the late seventies. And then we lived there five years and then we moved to near satellite beach, uh, after the five years in Miami. Interesting. So, Mm -hmm. so we need to kind of go back and paint the real picture here because obviously I didn't know squat about you before because <laughs> I just assumed that you were you... cool in high school walking around. <laughs> well, no, because the bottom line is we, we talked about this when we caught up last week. I mean, I thought you were, what did I say? Russian Serbian <laughs> Serbian. Yes. I thought you were oh, yeah. somewhere over there and yeah. you said that, well, your family's from there, Yeah, but there was no, there was none of this Canada, Miami beach, well, I, I actually, Serbian was my first language, if you must know. Okay. Um, even though I was born in Niagara Falls, I, my grandmother raised me and she didn't speak a word of English. So for the first five years of life, uh, my family worked like 18 hours a day when they first okay, started. So you were born in Canada. Yes. So you can't claim to be from Serbia. I never claimed to be from Serbia. <laughs> my family, my father's from, uh, Actually, he's from Croatia, but he's Serbian, and my mother's Polish. But my first language was Serbian. Okay. I learned English when I went to kindergarten. Okay. Yeah. In Canada. In Canada. So it was Canadian English. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if it's Canadian English, but, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Your, your accent evolves over the years. It does. Um, it's when I lived in Florida, I started to get a Florida accent and then I went to school in Boston and, uh, 
I sounded very Southern. It's like you, your, your accent really morphs when you're younger. And then, then when I came to Canada, they thought I had a Boston accent. So like, I don't know. Okay. So let's talk about how you got to the point where I met you, because for those of that do not know that are either watching the video or listening to the audio podcast, let me first say Miss Rudand is from what I consider my hometown, which is not really my hometown because I wasn't born there, but I grew up for the most part in Satellite Beach. Uh, my dad was in the Air Force. We moved to Patrick Air Force Base, and I grew up going to Holland Elementary, Delora Junior High, and Satellite High School, which is where you and I met. Yes. But I don't remember when during that whole process we met. I remember you from Satellite. I don't remember much before then, so take us through that. So I uh, came to Satellite Beach in grade nine. So I went to Delora Junior High grade nine okay. in that same complex. And then I went 10, 11, and 12 in, at Satellite High School. Okay. Yeah. So that's the, the process. So my family moved from uh, Central Florida. I, I mean, from Southern Florida. They had a motel on the beach in Miami Beach in the late 70s. And then in 1982, um, it got rough on the beach. After the Cuban refugees came in, they kind of moved uh, a little more north. And uh, they wanted a little bit more safety for for the for the kids, like my sister and I. And um, they opened up a they they created a trailer park in Rockledge, Florida. Uh, it was a called Americana Resorts. It was a trailer park on US one, and that's why we moved to uh, Satellite Beach. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's how I ended up there, and I loved high school there. I thought it was the most amazing thing there since sliced bread. Like I just thought it was an amazing high school. And I had a really, uh, like, nice upbringing there. Well, it was a nice place. It was gorgeous. And, and, and now, coming back to Canada, like, when my sister moved back, uh, they moved, she moved back. She wanted to go to Satellite High School, but my family moved back to Canada. And the high school over here was not, like, Satellite High School. She was, like, enthralled with the school. She was like, wow, I want to be, like, my big sister. I want to be a scorpionette or a cheerleader, like the whole, you know, the football games, everybody showed up, which was pretty amazing. Okay. And her, yeah. And the, this, her high school here was a little bit different. It, they didn't have that. Um, the football team wasn't good. No, the school didn't show up. It didn't have the team spirits or the pep rallies or the, you know, the Latin days where you wore the toga. Like we had a lot of themes going on there. We did. We had a, we had we a lot had of stuff fun. going on. Yeah, so, I remember belonging to the Latin club, and I think I was a slave for one day or something like that. I had to carry somebody's books. And do you remember that? No, I was no. never a slave. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> it's the Latin club. I, I, I was not in the Latin club. Okay, oh, I wasn't. I wasn't that smart. Come on, now. we got we got we got uh, auctioned off, and then we had to like do whatever the person that auctioned us off. Like, I, would, I, uh, I mean, I remember that. For a day or something, or walk on our knees in the hallway if they told us. Yeah, I remember all you smart kids did that. You know, Stephen Powell, Karen Zek. Right, you know. I remember those names. That wasn't that wasn't me. Okay, well, you you're quite intelligent these days. You're coming off really intelligent. <laughs> That's just years of you know practicing. Mastery. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They say if you if you do something like ten thousand hours or whatever, you become a master at it. Yeah, you just tell everybody you're good at it, and they start believing you. Oh, like you fake it till you make it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I'm this podcast expert, you know. That's amazing. (laughs) 
It's awesome, Marvin. So what happened after high school? Because, of course, that's, you know, the, the place where most of us departed. Now, there's a huge group of the satellite folks that have stayed in touch, and they all went to either Florida or Florida State together, UCF. Mm-hmm. Stayed back home. They're, you know, congregating back now in Melbourne or Galley and hanging out and stuff. But people like me, I, I left. Right. And I just disappeared. I, I went know. To well, you're not disappeared. You're just in another place. <laughs> True. I hid, <laughs> I hid for a while and then, you know, started coming back. So now it's all about finding out what, what have, you know, people been doing for these last 35 plus years. So when you left Satellite, what did you end up doing? Uh, I went to the University of Florida for the first two years to do pre-pharmacy. I I joined a sorority. I was a cap alpha theta. Um, And then I uh, had to apply to pharmacy school. And I applied to the University of Florida, but I also applied to Boston. My family moved. The year that I went to University of Florida, uh, the following year, my, my family moved back to Canada. But in Canada at the time, in high school, you had this thing called grade 13. So if, if I would transfer from Florida to Canada, I, 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 cause I didn't do grade 13 in Canada, I would like lose a year. So I thought I'd meet them up North, like somewhere kind of close by, but not in Canada. And I saw something at the university of Florida on the television, believe it or not. And say, what's the best place in the United States to live. And at the time, Boston was one of them. And I said, Oh, you know, in those days, we didn't, I didn't have a computer, like in like 1986, 1987. Uh, so I, I, I looked it up and I found that Boston had two pharmacy schools. I'm like, let me apply. I want to be in the best city in the, in the, in the United States at that time. Wow. So that's how I ended up there. Like I, I checked it out and I saw the two pharmacy schools and uh, I applied to both. I, I got into both, but I, I picked the smaller one, like the more like specialized one. I just thought I'd get more attention, oh, you know, like I, if I need help and all that. All right. So I have questions, but I have to say, did you notice your accent changing during that whole exchange there where you were talking about going from Florida to Boston? <laughs> to did, did I, I don't know. You, you tell me, are you talking just, to me? <laughs> <laughs> what are we saying here? You're just um, wicked smart. <laughs> I got to get shorty over here. You got into two schools, eh? <laughs> Yeah, I got into two. Not one, but two. <laughs> had to have a backup. <laughs> I had plan A and plan B. <laughs> so pharmacy school. Now, we didn't study anything. There was no pharmacy stuff growing up in Satellite Beach. So how did you How did you come about uh, wanting you to really be- want to know the story? <laughs> I, I asked. Okay. So the story is... Uh, when we had a motel on the beach in Miami Beach, we lived in the motel. Okay, my family like bought a motel, but they couldn't afford a house, so we lived in the motel for like a that. Just of years. that just doesn't sound right. Well, no, like I guess my dad was an entrepreneur, and he just, you know, he thought he would get more opportunity in a business than a house at the time. Okay, and so we we lived in the motel, and. <clears throat> We had two adjoining rooms. Like my sister lived in one room and then there was a connecting room with my parents' room. And it was like a little mini efficiency with like a refrigerator and a small kitchenette. And for the first year, while my parents were renovating the motel, there there was a a plaza across the street. 
So we went to Guido's Italian restaurant almost every night. We all gained 20 pounds that year going out to eat because my parents worked so hard. They didn't want to cook. They just went out to the restaurant, the Italian restaurant across the street from the motel. And then right next door was a pharmacy. And there was a guy. It was a pharmacy slash souvenir shop. And it was uh, (laughs) next to Winston Towers. And that pharmacy in 1978, 79, it closed its doors. It would open up at 12 o'clock and the souvenir shop would op- like be open for the public and for the tourists and whatnot. And my dad got to know the owner. He's like, you got a pretty good life. You go. He goes, yeah, I play my tennis game in the morning. I open up the door. I'm open for four or five hours. I handle all the apartment buildings there with all the repeats, you know, like all the old women that had like, you know, all their prescriptions. And then he closed it up and the, and the front store was open. He's like, that's a good job. You know, it's a nice, easy job. Maybe my daughter should go into pharmacy school. And that's really? Exactly, yeah, that's how I got in. Because I, I was going to be actually a dentist. And um, my father noticed when I used to play piano, like when I was younger. I mean, when my parents worked 18 hours a day, what else am I going to do? They didn't take me to camps and drive. They, you played the piano all day long, right? Like, that's yeah, but you, you, had the, you had the beach right there. You didn't go hang out down there? This was before. Before, okay. Yeah, this was before. You're right. I'm jumping a little bit. But I started playing piano in Canada, and then in Florida, I didn't have a piano until we got a house, and then they got me a piano. Okay. But I used to get neck pain all the time. I'm like, oh, can you massage my shoulders, you know? like. And my dad says, you can't be a dentist. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, your back is always bothering you, even when you played the piano. He goes, pharmacy would be a better job for you. I'm like, okay. And that's how actually how I got into it. Wow. Like kind of just by uh, on the fly. Okay. You, you startled me with the story because it started out with, I thought you were going to say, well, there was this pharmacy across the street that had this really cute guy. <laughs> no, no, it, it was an old man, but he had, a, he played tennis in the mornings and he just seemed like it was a very relaxed in those days, not like pharmacy is today, but it, it, in the old days, it was pretty chilled and happy like your local pharmacy you know your local happy pharmacist all right so that was quite interesting so you are still sort of in that industry i've done a lot of industries actually but uh i've always stayed with pharmacy i've just like branched off into a couple of uh like i had restaurants and um you know like the music industry I infiltrated in the restaurants and all that. And then my healing business also. So. And you're an author. That Oh yeah. That's my latest. I, I wrote that book during COVID, right? Like, you know how you started a podcast? Yeah. I wrote a book. I had a lot of time on my hands. So the book sounds a little bit more glamorous than a podcast. So what? Oh no. No. <laughs> no. Look at Joe Rogan. Well, we all can't be Joe Rogan and make, you know, a hundred million or whatever. I know, but the, but the, he's, he has a podcast. He does, but he has, he has access. So, you know, my podcast started off with talking to, you know, friends, family, and almost famous people. Uh Uh-huh. He talks to real famous people. Okay. But everyone's got to start somewhere. True. That's why I'm starting this. I'm going to work my way up. Exactly. The sky, the sky isn't the limit. So I have you now, you know, on the show. So you're almost famous. That'll uh, help me. You're an author. 
I, I, I'm an author of a book. I should show my book, but I gave it to someone. I, I gave my book to someone that wanted it. Oh, um, well, there it is right there. Oh, there, there, you are so prepared. Marvin. So ladies and gentlemen, if you are watching the video, uh, there she is with her book from drugs to distant healing and Veronica Rudan in big, bold author type letters. I actually co-authored this book. Okay, but your name is first and bigger than the other names. So I know, but the other guy <laughs> wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul. He wrote two Chicken Soup for the Soul books. So his name is Raymond Aaron. He's a top ten. Um, he's a New York Times top ten best-selling author. So I, I, I co-wrote it with him. Yeah. Well, again, your but name's I, bigger. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you very so much. So he wrote it with you. Honestly. Yeah. So there it I is. Did, I did a healing on him. And uh, it talks about the healings that I do, but that's, we're going to save that for another. Uh, yeah, we will. But go ahead and at least let's talk about starting stuff during COVID because what would prompt you to just write a book? Well, I had learned this type of healing um, in 2017. And, um, I had some miraculous cases like that, uh, like that occurred. And, um, there's only like a handful of us, maybe a dozen of us in the world that do what I do. And my, uh, the, the gentleman who, who taught me this healing actually, uh, lives like 90 miles, uh, like I think like near Daytona beach, but, um, he's, he was like an aeronautical engineer and he traveled all over the world and learned those different healing um, techniques. So he's not uh, a woo-woo kind of guy. And uh, I was very intrigued. Um, I had heard about him for quite a few years on Facebook. And then um, I did, he did a, a pod, not a podcast, but kind of like a podcast group healing session. And I had an ankle injury that I had for several years that I went, um, you know, you hurt your ankle and it doesn't get completely healed. And then, you know, at that time I was geocaching with my kids in a, in an area and I went down a hill and I twisted my ankle like really bad. And I was nursing it for probably a year and a half and nothing was really improving it until I, I, I did this like online podcast of this group healing and I had heard about him and he was just offering it as like an introduction. And lo and behold, like the next day, my ankle was like completely healed. Completely, like after a year. And I was like, oh, it's going to hurt again. No, no, it didn't hurt again. No. And then again, and then again. And he says, oh, I'm doing a, a special elite group. Uh, you, you have to pass the test in order to get into this group to see if, you're, if you can do what I do. And um, it's in Sedona, Arizona. So he interviewed me. And uh, there was eight of us that came all over the world. Like one came from... Um, Peru and the other one was from like Montana and all, all, all over the world. And nice. uh, yeah, I was lucky to be a part of that. So I, I, I want to acknowledge some people that we have watching live in the chat and Anna Pacheco Snyman actually comments wonderful book, a must read Aww, with a highlighter. <laughs> You're cute. <laughs> so interesting. All right. Mm -hmm. So I should go ahead and do this and announce that. So, so far you're passing the test, by the way, Rudan. Oh, so, thank you. Thank you. So thank you. I had thank mentioned on an, I had mentioned on an earlier show that mm -hmm. I am going to really spend some time 
working on my health because about, I don't know, seven to 10 years ago, when I finally stopped playing basketball, I said, you know what? I have spent most of my life being in shape, playing ball, and I'm going to, I'm done. I'm going to take my time off. Mm-hmm. Well, now I'm at the point where I, oof, that was a mistake. So I got to lose some weight. I got to get back in shape. I got to, you know, plan to live another, you know, 50 or so years. So I'm going to get healthy. I agree. And I have figured out that the only way to make myself do stuff is to hold myself accountable. And so I am going to find people that are living healthy lives and get them to help me by doing this podcast. So I will be branching off and doing some sort of healthy journey podcast. Miss Rudan has agreed to come on the show maybe once or more and uh, help me out with some, some healthy living tips. They say that health is the new wealth. Yeah. Well, if it paid, I would believe it. And uh, maybe I'll write a book like you. Oh, I, I'm sure you can write a book. It's, <laughs> it's, it's less intimidating than you think. And uh, I, I was kind of a first intimidated, but I, I, um, I went to a few seminars uh, learning about how to, how to structure yourself and write a book. And it, and it was actually pretty easy. It wasn't too bad at all. You'd be surprised. It's just uh, getting your thoughts on paper. Well, and you have to have time. Yes, you do. You know, you got to have a lot of time. But now, not too much time. Sometimes we waste a lot of time as well. So it wasn't too bad. Yeah. So let's go ahead and get back to where you are now. Okay. Because you are in Niagara Falls, Ontario. Yes. Have you met up with the Shillelagh girl? The who? Well, so. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce her last name. It's one of the Bounds sisters. Do you remember the Brenda and Bridget, the twins? So uh, Brenda Bounds, whose last name is now, I just say Shillelagh. It's Shellacky or something like that. She lives on the U.S. side of Niagara Falls. Really? Yes. And she went to Satellite High School? She did. Wow. Well, I think now that COVID is, uh, the, the restrictions are coming down. I'm going to pass the border. Like we couldn't pass the border for like two, over two years. We were like on house arrest almost. Well, and you guys were fighting. So you wouldn't let us in. We wouldn't let you in. I mean, it was this whole back and forth thing. Actually, the Americans were a lot more, um, easier there. And they're still a lot easier than the Canadians coming in. Really? So, yeah. So. For sure. I'd, I'd like to meet up with them. I was hoping that uh, we would kind of clamp down because all the snowbirds are still here. I see all those mm-hmm. Quebec plates. And, are they? Yeah. They're still well, they're, here. They're, they're, they, they come around, uh, if they come December, January, February, March, April, May, probably June. They should be leaving anytime soon. Usually somewhere between Easter and Mother's Day, they start you know, filing out. So maybe after May two four weekend, that's usually the planting season here in, in Canada, in Niagara. May two four. Yeah. Why that specifically? It, it just sometimes like in, in May, we still get cold weather and things will freeze. So if you do your planting, it like any kind of vegetables or any kind of landscape planting or anything like that, then we just wait till May two four. Like after Memorial weekend. Okay. So, I don't know if I should ask, do you plant stuff too? 
<laughs> Not marijuana. <laughs> no, I, I bought some shrubs and I'm waiting to plant them after May 2-4. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. They're, they're, I'm nursing them right now. I'm putting a little bit of water in the pots until I can put it in the ground. <laughs> oh, my. All right. So, Rudan, is there anything else that you think people should know that you've done here in the last 30-plus years when you... I opened up a restaurant that I'm really proud of. Yeah. Uh, it was actually on the magazine. It was called Maryland's after Marilyn Monroe. And uh, that was like my favorite. I had so much fun doing that restaurant. Is that your, your glamour shot picture that we have? It on was. Here? You know, it, Marilyn Monroe did a movie in 1959 called Niagara. And that's when her, her, her career, kick, uh, it, it kicks, it kickstarted her career. And just like, uh, like Maryland's, it, this restaurant was overlooking the Niagara Falls. It was all in windows in a tower. And I, I don't know, I had a lot of fun doing it. I had like Frank Sinatra music and the Rat Pack music on the weekends in the restaurant. So like people would be having dinner. And then all of a sudden you see these couples like sitting up and dancing in the middle of like the room. And and I, I think um, Tina Veltri, she she was the Scorpionette captain when I graduated. She made her way down to Niagara a few times. and. Uh, she she saw a couple of the places, so it was kind of cool. It was kind of nice to meet up with people that I hadn't seen in a very long time. So I know that the glamour shot was from 2014. When did you actually open the restaurant? I, I thought it was 2015. Was it 2014? August 2014. Yeah, so it was probably. Don't you have uh, that hanging up somewhere right on your wall? No, so you can no, not that age. <laughs> Uh, it was, uh, it was a magazine article just launching the restaurant. So we opened it up like in 2015. Okay. Yeah. And is it still going? We sold it before COVID. You so okay. So that, that was pretty, pretty it, good it time. Was hard. It was very hard. A lot of restaurants, um, closed, uh, during COVID and, and just sustaining, you know, sustaining business for, for several, like closing for so many years was, it was hard, you know, cause people still have to pay rent. That is true. Yep. That is true. So you sold that you were doing the pharmacy stuff. You were doing your other businesses. Um, I, I had a Mexican restaurant and a salsa bar right afterward. <laughs> and then um, my latest project is just, uh, I'm ex- expanding a, a, a store, another pharmacy in uh, Fort Erie, which is right over the border from Buffalo. So I have a business partner and uh, that's about it. I just kind of keep busy. Gets me, keeps me out of trouble. All right. Yeah. So have you on one of the business shows here soon, how to be a serial entrepreneur. But I'm not your typical one. You know how like some people are very efficient and all that. I'm efficient in my own time. I I work on my own like uh, momentum i have a flow I, i'm not as like nine to five and you know there's I nothing be- wrong with that as long as as long as you're doing what you love and it's paying the bills and sustaining life and it gets done when who doesn't like who cares what what timetable it is right right it's not like i have to be there if i don't do it today i'll do it tomorrow <laughs> listen a lot of stuff can wait till tomorrow right it just puts a lot of stress especially yes. us women that are like middle-aged you know, like we, we need to minimize the stress and just kind of focus on the like top two or three things that's important. And if whatever can wait till tomorrow, it waits. Yep. You know? So, I mean, that's why I'm still smiling. <laughs> All right. I've just uh, written down. That'll be the title of one of our podcasts that we do. Minimize the stress. 
Yes, very good. <laughs> Ashwagandha, that's a good herb for stress. It helps with adrenal fatigue. Okay, which language is that? That's uh, that's an English term. It's oh. just uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a herb from India, and it balances like your hormones and it where it supports your adrenals, which gets stressed. Really. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're looking at me like I got five horns. I'm just sitting here thinking I just got around to drinking to drinking uh, ginger turmeric tea, and oh, now you're telling me there's this herb from India that helps yes, with stress. It's very good. I mean, India. A lot of the stuff that comes out of India, like they're thousands of years old. Like meditation is really good with stilling your mind. By the way, that's in my book. And like when you still your mind, a lot of beautiful things start to happen. I call it magic. And I have to thank Susan for spelling out ashwagandha <laughs> so, yeah, so that I could Google it. In there. Ashwagandha, but yes, Susan, you're absolutely right. <laughs> also helps and, with sleep. And, and it also helps with stress and anxiety and increases your testosterone levels. All right. Not that you need it, Marvin. I'm just, Ash- I'm just putting it as an FYI. Because even women need a little bit of testosterone. Listen, as long as I don't have to take the melatonin. You don't like melatonin? I have no idea. I've seen other people take it, and it's... And it doesn't do good? You know, it's mixed results. Some people it works, some it doesn't, some it makes them feel funky. You know what? We're all different. Certain foods that are natural, just because it's good for you doesn't mean that it's good for me. You know what I mean? Like, we have intolerances to things. Yep. What um, And that's that's the beauty of us. Like, we're all very different internally, externally our personalities. I mean, it would make sense that not every, there's not a, like a magic bullet for everything, but there is a magic bullet that makes wonderful shakes. That makes it. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. You're good. <laughs> you're really good. See, I watch the shows. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh my God. All right, Rudan. So let's do this. Let's, let's end Veronica, off the show. Veronica. <laughs> Rudan. Hi, Rudan. <laughs> so let's just do one final thing. And let me ask you in terms of remembering the beach, if you, if you could go back to the beach and relive one of the most spectacular things you did while you were there, what would it be and who would it be with? <laughs> At the beach? Well, satellite beach. Yeah, just satellite beach. I thought you meant literally at the beach. Like, I was thinking about the Holiday Inn on the weekends when we used to all hang out there. This is a PG show, so I was... (laughs) (laughs) No, but we'd sit on the beach and watch the surfers. Like, that was kind of fun. Really? That's what you guys did? Was that during the summer? I don't remember. Or during during school when you guys would, you know... I think it was during school on the weekends, like oh, on okay. a Saturday or something like that. But um, I really, I just, I did love the beach and um, I love to body surf in like on the beach, the, the beaches in, in satellite beach, the water is like stronger than in South Florida, like where you live. Right. And uh, the force of the water is stronger. So like you could do some great body surf. Well, yeah, there. there's some, there's some nice coral ridges up there. There's the sandbar that's up there. Did you ever, did you ever swim out to the sandbar? Yeah, you were like right there out in your knees. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, play I loved it. The guys would play football and they're, I don't know what the girls did, but <laughs> the girls would just watch the guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, although, you know, now 
I was thinking I went out in the water pretty far. You know, as you get older, sometimes like fear starts to set in. And I'm like, well, what if there's a shark out there now? God, what would I do? Like all this stuff you start wondering. But when you're when you're a little bit younger, you're a little bit more fearless. Yeah, we. I mean, listen, they also weren't showing Sharknado stories on TV <laughs> every summer. Right. And on YouTube and on everything. Yep. You're right, Marvin. Yeah, you know, where there's like what a thousand sharks off the coast of Tampa right now, just right. circling. Yeah, like I wouldn't at that point. I think I'm just going to put my toe in the water. Forget about body surfing. Yeah. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, that was a wonderful Uncle Marv reunion podcast with Veronica Rudan. Thank you so much for having me here, and I had a lot of fun. Thank you, Marvin. It's been fun. So we will be back again in a future show as she helps us on the Health Journal podcast or whatever I name it. And maybe we'll come back and do a recap as people start to say, oh, I remember Veronica. You should have asked her that. Um, But you should probably have a bunch of people hitting you up on the Facebook, right? I don't know. What do you mean? Hit me up. What what do you mean? Well, you do the messenger thing and, you know, reach out and say hello. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't know the lingo. Like, me up. Like, I don't know what that means. How do you come on? That's been that, that was from years ago. Hit you know, hit you up. You know, holla. I, I know. You know, I'm I'm an intelligent ditzy blonde. Sometimes you're, okay? too, you're like, too smart for us. That's what it is. No, no. Let's be humble. You know, I wouldn't. <laughs> I'm humble. I'm not like that. So, <sighs> well. Again, thank you. Thank you very much. And we'll end off the show here, folks. If you are watching and want to know how you can catch other shows like this, you head over to UncleMarv.com and scroll through the previous episodes. If you go up to the right corner of that page, you can hit follow and select any of the podcatching apps that are out there, and you'll be alerted whenever a show comes on. It's not just video. It's also audio, so you can listen in your car, at the beach, anywhere and hear these great shows and uh, that's going to do it for this episode we'll be back soon with another and i bid you all a safe and happy week happy mother's day uh belated to everyone out there hope you had a good sunday and as i oh oh, your dog is wishing you a happy mother's day (laughs) that was my audience All right, Rudan, stay with us as we do the closing video. The rest of you, thank you for watching, and have a good night.